Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. It's time to make fresh predictions for Q3's box office draft. We also check out bonding, and we continue with Summer Series Survival. It's time for a More Than Movies draft. We are headed into the third quarter of 2019, which means we have new predictions for July, August, and September in our box office draft. Now, right now, I am destroying Ivana. Yeah. Currently, in total, Jay has a $643 million lead on me. That is all thanks to Avengers Endgame. Pretty much. Although I made some shitty predictions last quarter when I thought that Dark Phoenix would do well in the box office, it's currently only pulling in $57 million. Well, I didn't do so hot with Rocket Man. It has not cleared 100000 yet. I'm at $73 million. Still beating my $57 million. Well, that's true. Also, Men in Black International isn't doing well for you yet, but it's only been like a week. Yeah, that's true. I still think it's going to hit $100 million or at least get close. The big problem is going to be Toy Story 4, which just came out this week, which could propel me much, much higher. I think you're going to definitely get $400 million for that one. Not this weekend, but maybe in total. In total, in total. So that means we have new predictions to make for this uh, upcoming quarter. Now... We have five apiece that we are allowed to make. And because Ivana is behind, she gets to go first. And with my first choice, I'm choosing Lion King, which I think is going to do very well in the box office. I think we're looking I at think you're right. $350 million for sure. And I will go with my first choice, Spider-Man Far From Home. That would have been my second choice. So at least we're kind of like in similar territories yeah, I mean, Lion King was definitely my first choice. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you got it, though, because I think you, you might need it. Yeah, I don't think I have a chance at winning the year. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they are re-releasing Avengers Endgame. So It's already in theater. Don't worry about it. Are it's you kidding me? It's in now. It's fine. Their re-release, you're talking another one to two. $200 million domestic box office. I don't think so. I absolutely think so. It basically is going to be two movies for you. Two movies and two blockbusters at that. I don't think so. It'll be fine. I don't even know if the second release should count. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, you know what? It, I don't think it's... I think they're just putting it into theaters with some deleted scenes. It's nothing... Nothing crazy, and they all come in after the end credits anyway, so they'll leak online. Don't don't write yourself off just yet. What is your second pick? My second pick is a kid's movie, but one that I think is going to appeal to adults, and that is Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Okay, all right. I'm going to write that down. That was on my list as well. Uh, it was a little further down. I can do my actual third choice, which is Hobbs and Shaw. Ah, that was fourth for me. All right, that's fair. My number three pick comes out in September, uh, and it is Rambo. 
Okay, my number three pick is also September, and it is It Chapter 2. Good choice. I don't know if it'll do as well as the first one, but the first one kicked ass. So I hope I hope it does, but that's a little bit of a gamble for me. And how many do we how many picks do we get again? We get five in total, so you have two more. Two more. Ooh. Okay. All right. My next pick, my number four pick, is gonna be Angry Birds 2. Angry Birds 2. Could see you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a gamble and go scary stories to tell in the dark. It was on my short list, that's for sure. I don't know how this one's going to go. That's a gamble for sure. It could blow people out of the water, or it could just, like, not do very well. It could do terribly. What is your last pick? My last pick, I'm kind of choosing between two. I, I can say it now because, you know, it's my last pick. Yes. Uh, and it's Crawl, which I think okay. might surprise some people. Or Crawl was going to be my last pick, but that I'm so glad you chose it. Yeah. I'm going to go with My Spy with uh, the guy who plays Drax. I uh, can't remember his name. D- Dave Bautista. It's, uh, it's like a family movie, sort of like that Vin Diesel Pacifier movie was that one time. So I'm going to oh, take yeah. a gamble yeah, on that one. Yeah, that's smart. Family movies do really well. Or they disappear without a trace. Yeah. So they're always, <laughs> I think these are some good picks. I'm, I hope they do well. I don't know how, I mean, we'll have to see come our next box office draft. But what do you guys think? Did we do the right picks? Did we put in the right ones for this time around? Uh, I mean, obviously the Lion King and Spider-Man, I think are safe bets. But who's to say for sure? Let us know. Jay, it's been a really busy week. I feel like we haven't uh, texted as much as normal. What's going on with you? Well, you know, it was a crazy busy week at work, but mostly we got in our last tasting for the wedding this October. And we have have got four dishes on the menu that we are going to have as like choices for dinner. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Is it? Is it a secret? Can you tell us? I Well, sure. I mean, it's going to be a choice between fish, pasta, chicken, and prime rib. Um, my guess is you're going to go with the prime rib? I'm going to go with the pasta because I, I fell in love with this pasta. Oh, I feel like that's like a tip. Well, it might be a tip to our listeners who are going to attend our wedding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely a tip for you and Blake. It's every time we go up there, it's always feels a lot better. Like, oh yeah, we're, we've got, we still have time. We're not super rushed. We're okay. I feel like everything would just come together at this point. Like it feels like it is coming together, which I like. I need that in my life. Otherwise I go crazy. <laughs> what about you? What's going on with you? Um, well, I'm very excited because we're going to have a dog in our house soon, which I'm stoked about. Our neighbor is unfortunately moving away, um, but she has a dog and she has to do a trip and like figure some things out at her new like place of residence. And we're going to dog sit. Oh my gosh. How long? Uh, For like almost a week. Um, So we're going to have a little French bulldog with us and I cannot wait. A little French bulldog. Now does the French bulldog get to sleep in your bed? 
A hundred percent. We already talked oh, about wow. that. And is that allowed in the owner's actual house? Oh yeah, that's how she she was warning us that he normally sleeps with her in bed. We're like, great, he's welcome in ours. Oh <laughs> well, that's sweet. I mean, it's nice. You guys are gonna have a doggy in your house again. Ah, uh, I'm so excited. Walks and cuddles and farts. It's all gonna be great. <laughs> Series survival. Dun dun dun. All right, currently the standings for Serious Survival is I have five right and Ivana has four. So is this the last one from our predictions? Do we have any more? This is the last one for now, yeah. There there were some, we made three additional predictions, but those episodes have not come in. We don't know their status yet. So this might be the last one, and we might have to just declare a winner because we don't know what happened with the others. Holy crap. Okay. I mean, it's really close right now. So why don't you start us off? What's our first show? So the first show that we're going to talk about is a Netflix series called Elite. This is a Spanish language and actually like set in Spain production about um, this really fancy private high school in Spain And the fact that these three sort of poor Spanish residents um, get invited to go to this very, very elite high school and like hobnob with the rich people. And there is a murder. And you know that from the beginning. And then you watch the whole season to figure out who's the killer and what happened. And it's a pretty juicy show. And I'm excited to say because I watched it. Oh, you did? I did. Um, Season two is coming out, like, I think this summer. Um, Oh, well, there you go. I mean, right there, it has been renewed. And I think I did say this one will be renewed as well. You totally did. We were both correct. We both said the show would get renewed. And indeed, the show has been renewed. Amazing. So that means the score right now is six to five. You are still only one away from catching the king. That's correct. All right, Jay, what's the next one? This one I think you were excited about, and you watched. I watched this show, and it was all American, and it was about a inner city uh, guy in L.A. comes to a really rich, rich prep school so that he can play football. It was based on a true story. And I watched about 10 episodes of the show. And then I was like, all right, I, this is OC with football. I'm good. And, uh, I, but I totally thought this show is getting renewed. So I watched this show too. Um, I watched maybe like five or six episodes and then I was kind of done, but I still think, and I thought at the time that the show would get renewed. And it, of course, was renewed. Yeah. So All-American, boom, that bumps us up to me at seven, Ivana at six, with only one last prediction. Yeah, this is kind of exciting. So our last what is, show- What's the show again? Is Light as a Feather, which is a Hulu oh, show. Oh, that was a horror show, right? Like yeah. witches and stuff. So I watched this show. I thought it was, like, so much fun. I have to admit, I don't remember it, like, too much. I binged it, you know? And sometimes um, when you binge a show, 
you kind of like very quickly forget because you just consumed all of it in like two minutes. And you watch more television than the average TV viewer. You are doing work. You're multitasking. You have three screens on at one time. So nobody's holding it against you that you had this on in the background and can't remember it. But it was addictive. Like this show. Okay. I just went to the IMDb page. I'm, it's all coming back to me. It's a, a show about revenge. And yeah, it is about uh, witchcraft and it's and, and a curse and a mystery of where is it coming from. And honestly, the show was like, oh yeah, I need to watch the next episode. And I had predicted that this show would do well and find a good audience in Hulu. I said renewed. You, however, my friend, disagreed. I said this show would get canceled. There is a lot of supernatural type shows. And I kind of got bit in the ass saying that last week with Legacies where it was renewed. And it looks like I did again this time. Yep. There is an insatiable appetite of i think younger viewers to watch things on cw or hulu that uh is supernatural in nature so the show got renewed which means oh my god which means we end in a tie we end in a tie so i won disgusting our first season of series survival you won our second season of series survival and here we are ending in a tie which means in the grand scheme of things, we're also perfectly tied in our standings for series survival champion. I'm so excited. I think this is amazing. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, you come from the bottom. Now you're you're sitting with the king. Uh, I don't know that I would say that I came from the bottom because I did one. Like I won the first time we did this. Whatever. That was a different time. That was before I understood television. We basically each won one and a half seasons. And I think that's kind of like an exciting place to end things that we're like equally awesome at our TV show predictions. Well, let's predict some more stuff so you can be wrong. I want to start (laughs) with a new prediction for summer. It is an Amazon Prime show called The Boys, and it is a superhero TV series. Sort of in vain of like a Watchmen, but funnier, where these are dark superheroes and they're kind of like, whatever, I got power, you don't. And they're a team, but I don't really think they're in the saving the world business. I think that they are good people and do end up saving the world. I'm going to warn you, even just from the trailer, there's a lot of gore. This Superhero series is all about highlighting like the reality of how the world has to face things. Like when you first see the first character, who's this dude who I think maybe won't have any powers, but will become this superhero group's like assistant. And he's our lead. He's like holding someone's hand and then a superhero like runs past him and literally like liquefies another human and all this blood like spurts all over him. And then you see that superhero and he's like, eh, accidents happen, like collateral damage. The best part is it is Carl Urban who is like their no, their no powered handler, basically, which I'm stoked about because I haven't seen Carl Urban, I think, since the last Star Trek. Who 
is Carl Urban. Carl Urban is Dr. Bones. He was also Judge Dredd. Oh, that guy. No, he has powers for sure. He's the one who has the big gun. He's, um, I feel like he, he's not the assistant guy. He's like the leader of the superheroes. But I don't think he has powers. He's got a, like a big gun. I feel like he has powers and a gun. So Jack Quaid plays like this geeky guy who sort of is the normal. Yeah, he's our lead character. He's, he's the one who we're going to see the world through. And he just looks so charming, I have to tell you. Yeah. I mean, anytime I hear anybody go, cool, cool, cool. I'm like, ah, it's a community reference and I love it. <laughs> I think that this show is going to do fine and find an audience on Amazon Prime. Me too. I think the show is definitely getting renewed and I think that people are going to love it. The thing is, I did not expect the Umbrella Company or the Umbrella Academy or whatever that show is to do well and find an audience on Netflix and People would not shut up about that show. Yeah. And it was a lot less fun looking than this show. A hundred percent. So I think this is going to be even bigger of a draw for people. Totally. And you know Amazon's got money to burn. They've already greenlit two new Jack Ryan seasons. Well, that's because Jack Ryan does really well for them. I wish I saw the numbers. But anyways, that's another story for another day. What is our other... Well, we have two more predictions for you. What's our second prediction? Our second prediction comes to us from USA Network, and it's a spinoff show. It's a spinoff from Suits. And we are now going to be following Jessica Pearson as she goes to a like her hometown or her hometown city. I guess it's not a town. Um, and she like takes over there. I... I don't recall, even though I did watch it just recently. Gosh, that's embarrassing. What is she doing there again? She is entering politics. Oh, yeah. So Chicago style. I think it's going to be uh, a very interesting show. Definitely, I would say the vibe and the tone is similar to Suits, but we're now in a new place. We're following a different person. And um, I think we're going to have more of the same shenanigans. I think as much as I love Jessica Pearson from Suits, I love Gina Torres. She, I don't think she can lead a show. I totally disagree with you. Uh, Suits is ending or ended. And I think that that audience, I mean, a show doesn't stick around for that long without having people who really want to watch it. And I think that she was just one of the more interesting things in Suits. And I'm excited. I think this will be a great show. I think it's going to get canceled. I think it's going to get renewed. The last series that is going to be premiering on Epix, July 28th, is Pennyworth. Now, if you're feeling really bummed that Gotham is coming to an end, this is a DC TV show about Alfred Pennyworth. It takes place when he meets Thomas Wayne for the first time. It's after the war. He's starting some sort of security company. And Thomas Wayne's like, yo, I need security. So I'm sure we'll get a million Batman references in this show. What do you think, Ivana? Uh, I think that the show looks beautiful. It looks, but like, I don't think that this is a place for Gotham fans to go. It's like an entirely different feel to it. I, it's definitely not Gotham. Gotham is dark and has 
all those villains before Batman even starts. Yeah, and those and But there will be subtle nods, I think, to those things. Maybe, but what I I guess it's what I'm saying is like this show feels like it has a different tone of voice. I don't think you're going to see the bad guys in that sp- I think it's more realistic. The bad guys are not going to be your regular DC Batman bad guys. I don't think you're going to see a penguin. I don't think you're going to see a Joker-like figure. I think you're going to be seeing more organized crime rather than caricature-like villains. Oh, I agree with that. I think we're going to see, like, how Gotham gets corrupted. But not set in the States. You don't, This isn't set in the States? I mean, everyone has British accents. Because well, Alfred's from Britain, but I think he's going to eventually go to Gotham. Maybe eventually, but doesn't look like the first season's in Gotham. Even the Waynes oh. have British accents. Well, they're rich. I don't know. Maybe they bought their accents. I don't know. But I definitely think that this will itch your... If you're a comic book fan, I think it'll itch your comic book fanniness. I think this show is going to do really well. I think people are going to love it. I don't know that this is exactly going after like the same market as if the average DC universe wa- like watcher. I think they're trying to elevate this show. I think they're going to try to get a more mature audience. That's kind of what I'm seeing. So are you saying this will be renewed? Yeah. Definitely, I think that this is going to be renewed. I do too. I think this is a surefire bet. People love this character. They've loved him in the comic books. And even if you're right and they don't like play up that comic book stuff. I definitely agree with you. I think that it will do well enough with this recognized IP. There's like this logo that keeps coming up in the trailer over and over and over again. I think that's going to be a key aspect to the show. I think the show is going to be a bit of a mystery where there's lots of action. There's lots of fighting, um, but I think it's a mystery. And I confirmed it's set in London. Amazing. Okay, so it is in London. Those are our predictions, everybody. Why don't you reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or email and let us know, do you agree? Do you have different predictions? We want to hear from you. This is Top Drawer TV. This week, we decided to check out a quirky Netflix original called Bonding. Episodes are only 15 minutes long, so we invited you to check out episodes one and two with us. So Tiff and Pete are from Georgia, but they're living in the Big Apple where Tiff's going to grad school. And Pete is a waiter and a struggling stand-up comedian. Well, he would be, but he's too afraid to get on stage. Oh, and Tiff happens to be a dominatrix. And we kick off episode one just as Pete is standing in front of this strange building with strange people walking out that requires a password to enter. Tiff decides the best way to offer Pete a job as her assistant slash bodyguard is to surprise him just as a giant ass client is coming in for a session. Good times. Pete sticks around for this job, but it's not till the end of episode one that he really commits to joining Tiff on her adventure. 
as long as she calls him Carter. And that's really the premise of the show. In the second episode, Pete has to open up by learning how to pee on a client. And that is what these first two episodes of the series are about. It's helping Pete overcome his fear by stepping into a world he's unsure of while Tiff is doing the dom work and going to school. Jay, what'd you think? Meh. What? Yeah, it didn't, uh, it didn't do a lot for me. Oh my goodness. I thought this show is one of those shows that just captured me because it's so easy to watch. It's so weird, but in also fun. And I just really, really liked Pete. And I remember I officially got really hooked on the show that moment that he pees on the guy and the guy's like so happy that he's getting peed on. And that was like the moment that really, really hooked me. See, and I didn't like Pete. I I was like, am I supposed to be rooting for you? Because I'm not. Like, when he peed on the guy, I was like, oh, well, that's endearing, I guess. And then, like, I had no interest in continuing the series. Um, One thing that you will be missing out on, because I don't expect you'll watch anymore. Um, One of my favorite characters in the show is a side character. You met him in episode one, I believe. Um, He's one of... Tiff's classmates, and he's always hitting on her. Always hitting on her. Yeah, I remember that guy. Um, I don't know why. I just find him charming as all hell. Really? Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, from what I've seen of him, you're not supposed to think that way. You're supposed to think she will not give him the time of day. Well, she's not giving him the time of day, but I think that while he is absolutely, you know, unrelenting in that he is making it very clear that he wants to get her know her get to know her better, he is like he doesn't really do anything that's like crazy horrible. He's not um objectifying her. He's just he really likes her and he wants her to know that he's very interested and as the episodes go on and as you get to know him, you realize that he is really a respectful human being who actually wants to engage with her on a deeper level. He's not just like wants to sleep with her and move on. I get the impression that her professor does. Wants to sleep with her and move on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was cringing hard watching every scene with the professor in it. Yeah, the professor, it's interesting because I thought in the beginning that you were meant to like the professor and I really didn't like him, but I did like this other guy. Um, but the professor and this other guy are foils to each other because the professor is so cool and like, I don't know, professory. But then this guy is just, you think he's going to be just your regular old jock, but there's something about him that's not that simple. And... But yet, I never liked the professor. And and then as the show goes on, man, you really don't like the professor. Well, th- that's really interesting because I feel like that's what the show is trying to do. It's trying to set up an archetype for everybody in the show and then show you that they are not what you think they are. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that you say that the professor, you believe the professor was set up a little bit as, you're like, yeah, he's a little like creepy, but he's... He's got a good heart and he's 
helping her. I and didn't all even that think stuff. they set him up to be creepy. I thought they were setting him up. You know how it's like a a trope to have the like young, handsome professor and the student end up in a love affair. Yes, they were. I think they were clearly setting that up, but I didn't think it was meant to come off as creepy. I just, I never wanted it to happen between them. Well, there's a scene in the second episode where he like totally inappropriately touches a student, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is okay." So I get it. Like everybody in this class, you know, the way he speaks is like, "I'm a hero, worship me," but then he does these things. And he even talks down to Tiff, like, if you want to get ahead, play the game. The game is, like, respect me. Yeah. And obviously, look, she's a dominatrix. Her world is about respect. Like, it's about respecting her as the dom. It's respecting her client's safe words. She gets it. Yeah, actually, when, as the show goes on, I, I might as well just spoil it. Spoil it. Yeah, spoil away. Um, It really turns out that she believes that she can help people um, from a psychology perspective through her dom work. Right. There, there's this moment where uh, in, in the second episode, her professor tells her that you cannot ever be physically involved with a patient mm -hmm. because it doesn't help them. Yeah. But as a dominatrix, she knows that it does. So she's trying to build a case that, her work that she loves to do, which is definitely empowering, is, is you know, what does this guy know? Like, I, I see it every day. I don't even know that she's doing this work for any sort of empowerment. I don't think that that's the point. What I mean by empowering is this is a show about dominatrix who has a stigma attached to it. She even says this has a stigma attached to it. But the empowering of the character comes from watching her be both worlds and knowing there is a stigma here. I'm trying to elevate that stigma. I think the show empowers it and empowers her, not necessarily the character. Right, not the storyline or the, the characters, show, but the show. Yeah, but the show does that automatically because it has to, because obviously they, they have a very strong feelings about dominatrix and doms and this world. And they don't want it to hide in the shadows. Otherwise, they wouldn't do a show about it. Um, another other like small characters that I think are really great is uh, Pete's roommate who's obsessed with bum stuff. And all he wants is someone to stick something up his ass. That was that was pretty funny. I, I laughed a lot, especially because like he's clearly straight, but really into anal work. And like Pete is gay. So. When Pete comes in, it's like, hey, what were you up to, man? Were you like banging dudes in the ass? <laughs> and, and I was just like, oh, man, like that's that's so weird. Yeah. And someone. I think my favorite moment when he was he he's like, hey, I asked my girlfriend to stick her finger in my ass. I thought of you. Like, Oh, I know. That was it like just so funny. Bonkers. Yeah. And Pete's like, uh, thanks. And I wish that I liked. I mean, Pete is very, very fearful, and it seems of everything. Everything. So I like that he is with Tiff, and, and Tiff is trying to get him out of his comfort zone. I really like that. That was, I thought that would be enough after the first episode to be like, 
all right, cool. Like, I don't love that guy, but I like what she's doing for him. And I thought it would be enough to keep going and want to keep going. But after the second episode, I was like, it's not enough. Um, I need to like him more. I think that it becomes a little bit more Tiff centric as the show goes on. So, um, the first couple episodes, because they're so short, they need the time to set him up. Then they switch to setting her up. And um, they're, they're... Which would be more interesting if we're being frank. They're foils of each other because here he is, this guy who's afraid of everything. And through his work of joining Tiff and becoming a Dom assistant, he finds a power. And as the show progresses, he actually comes... a out of his fearfulness that guy who uh is his customer when he's a waiter and he leaves him his number um and compliments his dick while they're peeing um that guy and he he continues to be in the show and they actually he gets over his fear so much that they start to date and it's actually really adorable and romantic storyline um and that guy is just lovely and then mean and so as the show goes you see him becoming less fearful and then Tiffany on the other hand she is she starts off and you think oh she's got everything together she's fearless and she wants everyone to think that she's fearless but this dom work she's hiding behind true fear with this job and she is probably even more fearful than um Pete she doesn't want to let anyone in. She's so afraid and and she just puts on this mask. And the rest of and as the show goes on, she actually starts to open up and become more vulnerable and really realize it's better to let your heart be open and to maybe get hurt. I definitely say if anything you're listening to from Ivana and I, it's worth checking out. It's not a long show each episode's 15 minutes yeah so if you haven't checked it out i definitely suggest it if you're a little wary about the content you don't really need to be there's not a lot of it's not gratuitous no i definitely in the first two episodes there's no nudity um i don't think there's any nudity in the show the show's not about that um i think it's just trying to like open up this world that different people have different needs when it comes to their sexuality and there's nothing wrong with that and we should stop stigmatizing it i would say that if you saw there's something about mary it's probably like that level of maybe a gross out humor because he does take uh someone does ejaculate in his face and he which i laughed out loud yeah that was really funny and another moment where literally he's peeing on someone and you see like the water on the guy's face yeah but that's it. It's just that gross out humor. And maybe there's like one gross thing per episode. I don't know. But it's not like you're being shocked regularly in this show. No, no. And and I'm pretty sure there's no nudity, which I think is good. I don't think that that would help the show in any way. Oh, I totally agree with that. Uh, it would not help the show. It is, it is better almost. It, it almost has an innocence to it even though the subject matter could turn a couple of people away. Definitely. Um, well, I'm kind of sad the show didn't, like, resonate didn't with you. It didn't grab me. 
But and it's all Pete's fault. I'm I'm happy that you're watching, like that you watched the cup first two episodes. And I honestly think everyone should give it a shot. Fifteen minutes is not a lot of time. Well, that's the other thing too. I may have not been drawn into this world, but I would definitely recommend you seeing it. What are we going to watch next week, Jay? All right, next week I've got an idea. Because the summer solstice was literally yesterday, it is now officially summer. Why don't we? Ki- we haven't watched a horror movie in a while. All right, I'm in. Let's watch. I know what you did last summer. None of the sequels, but let's watch the first one because I dig it, and I re- I distinctly remember you do not. No, I thought this movie was very meh. So I think we should go back and do a take two because we haven't done a take two in forever. Agreed. All right. I think uh, if you want to come on this journey with us, we will be watching I Know What You Did Last Summer on our next podcast. So why don't you watch it too? And then you can listen to all of our opinions and you can stew behind the wheel of your car or behind the wheel of your earphones (laughs) or your AirPods (laughs) and be like, I don't know if I agree. All right. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website on how to reach us at morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us, hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next time with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until then, friends. Do more. And watch more. 